had the song. She had like 543 and a half scriptures. I mean, I was like, man, love, I'm just blown away. Awesome. The only problem is now I got to find a way to top it. I don't know if I can. So I'm going to try my best to get somewhere near. Praise the Lord what Elder Denise did. Elder Denise is an awesome woman of God. I mean, she's been part of this ministry from day one. Day one. Day zero, praise the Lord. Pre, yeah. Pre uh, church in Arizona. And uh, she's been here every step of the way. Her husband, I mean, if you look around, he's touched every surface that you can see in this room, every surface you can see outside. I mean, he's, he's just been an incredible man of God all these years as well. And I'm so thankful to call them my friends. And uh, I hope you all share the love with them because uh, they're amazing people. Um, I'm going to deliver a message tonight called The Role, the Soul, and the Goal. Man, you're going to have to put your whole self into this message tonight because your role in the kingdom of God is important. Your role in your household is important. Your role in your community is important. And if you don't have your soul invested in that, my, your mind, your will, your emotions into this role that you're going to play, uh, you may never get to the goal. And a lot of Christian Christianity is not focused on the goal. They're, they're, their focus is on religion, right? That the, Religion is not your goal. You know, memorizing the Bible is not your goal. Your goal is to understand who you are in Jesus Christ so you can play the starring role in your life. Think about your life for a second right now. So if you were going to the movies, is the role that you're currently playing in your life the kind of movie you'd like to sit down and watch? I mean, is it a great movie or is it a horror flick? You know, I mean, what kind of role are you playing in your life, and what are you waiting for? Like, like, what are you waiting for to just wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to set some goals in my life. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God in all those goals. And so anything that falls within the boundaries of the word of God, I can set those goals. God has promised that I can have them. And you know what, I'm just going to start moving in that direction for the rest of my life. I don't care what I'm going to get. I don't care what I'm not going to get. I don't care about any of that. I know my God will take care of me. And at some point, I need to end the starring role that I'm in because it's not a very good movie. It's not a movie that I would want to see. It's not a movie that I would want to go to. And all I can tell you is, is whether you have a title or not doesn't make a hill of beans a difference. You don't need a, a title to make a difference in the world. We're going to talk about that tonight. Psalms 103, verse 2 says this. Let all, oh wait, does it say some of I am? Oh no, it does say all, praise the Lord. So let all that I am. Now, now that's, that's a lot because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, okay? So God lives inside of you. 
and says, let all that I am, everything that I have, everything that is both known or unknown, but everything God created me to be, may it praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. Now, I can do a good thing for you, you know. I, I, could, I could come over to your house and I could help you cut a tree down or who knows what I could do. I'd clean your pool or, you know, I'm not really talented in those things, but I could help you, praise the Lord. And all I can tell you is, is no matter how much good I could do for you, it's nothing compared to what God wants to do for you. I mean, it's nothing. But yet, God is going to use you. God wants you to not only praise Him by clapping your hands and singing songs and raising your hands and coming to church, uh, but He wants you to praise Him with all that you are. And I'm telling you, the things that He's created for you, the things He has in store for you, are so incredible, so supernatural. They go beyond anything you could currently ask or think based on the limited experience that you currently have. But the further that you'll go with God, the more you'll have experience in that, and the more you'll be able to see, and not only about yourself, but every person you come in contact with and go, man, alive, this is a whole new way of living. I mean, it, I, I, I'm just telling you, I've been serving in the kingdom of God for almost my whole adult life. God has never let me down, not even one time. Not even one time. I'm telling you, I've looked at my circumstances and I've thought, oh man, how are we going to do this? How is this really going to happen? But I didn't just stop with the question. I let all that was in me praise the Lord. And I just said, you know what, God, you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way. You know what, God, if I don't have a job, praise the Lord, you've got another one for me. I don't work for them. I work for you. So, you know, it's that kind of mindset that says, you know what, I'm no longer going to do what I've always done, especially if the role that I'm playing isn't the role that I want, you know, uh, to, to live on purpose. Here's the greatest equation ever known to man. I don't think she's got it, so you can write it down. You plus Christ plus a well-defined goal equals unstoppable. You plus Christ and a well-defined goal equals unstoppable. Nothing will be able to stop you. And you've got to have the mindset. It's one thing to put the little equation down. It's another thing to believe that it's me plus Christ aiming towards that goal. And that goal, all it has to do is fit within the boundaries of the Word of God. If you ask anything in my name, I will. He'll do it. So don't get so, you know, thinking about, oh, I don't know exactly what my purpose is, what my goal is. Just define one. Get you in Christ moving towards a goal, whatever it is, and I'm telling you, you will not only get there, you'll go there and beyond. And this is the walk that Christ really wants us to have so that our role can be tied to our souls, our minds, our will, our emotion, and so that we can reach the goal. There's the goal as, as it relates to the kingdom of God, you know, getting to heaven and all of those wonderful things. It's incredible. It's awesome. But listen, you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to get goals. You can set any goals that you want in your life. 
And I, the thing that I've learned about God is, is he'll take that little goal, which is like impossible from where you're starting. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You say, that's my goal. Oh, man, I'm going to do it. Listen, you just have to get up every day and say, it's me, it's Christ, it's a goal, and I, I am unstoppable, cannot stop me. Nothing by any means can stop me, can hurt me, can, can prevail against me. Nothing under any circumstances. I am going to obtain that goal. Now, now listen, because sometimes you get the goal, right? You get there. But if you're not careful, you won't get it God's way. And it's critical that when you're doing this, it's you plus Christ, not you to get a goal. It's me plus Christ towards a goal, and I'm unstoppable. But what some people do is they'll say, it's me, praise Jesus, but man, that looks really good right there, and I could do that right now, and yet I have conviction in my heart. Now, listen, you need to let that thing go. I don't care what, how good it looks. I don't care how polished it is. You need to, it's you and Jesus, not you to the goal. It's me plus Christ towards a goal is unstoppable. But if you're not careful, you'll force your own hand to get something, and then everything falls apart around it. So always be cautious of that. It's not you to get a goal. It's you and Christ towards a goal are unstoppable. My first point tonight is leadership does not require a title. 1 Samuel 16.11, it says, Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. And he said, Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down until he arrives. Now listen, David was just out there doing his own little thing. He was doing what his dad told him to do, and you're going to be out there, and you're going to protect those sheep, and you know, you're going to learn how to do that. And yet David was out there in this field, and it was just him and God. It was him, God, the animals that he had to protect, and you know, some lions or bears or who knows what it was out there, coyotes and all those crazy animals that try to kill sheep. But he was out there, and he was just doing his own thing. He wasn't trying to get in front of the king. He wasn't trying to, you know, promote himself. He didn't come out with some fancy title and say, hey, look at me. I'm, it's me over here. You know, he didn't do any of those things. In fact, you know, even Saul himself couldn't see. He saw the glory in David. But I'm telling you, he made David's life a living hell. But yet God, so it was David plus God towards a goal, and he became unstoppable, even against the king of Israel. You've got to see yourself in the stories in the Bible. You do not need a title to do anything for God. Listen, 
Every great movement, whether it's in the Word of God or in our history, there wasn't someone out there looking for a title so they could go out and do something. No, they saw something that needed to be done. They poured themselves into that thing. So they took on the role. They put it in their soul. And I mean, they moved towards that goal. And they didn't see the big picture. They didn't see all the glamour that would come and how it would be written in the Word of God someday or how it'd be written in, in the uh, history books or any of those things. They just saw what needed to be done. They set a goal and they made sure that God was with them. And I'm telling you, they overcame every obstacle they ever faced. Here's another one. Genesis 37.3. Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. Man, you'd think, oh, I've got this incredible goal. I've got this incredible gift. You know, I'm going to go out there and make a difference. And man, he goes out there and he got, he's got his brand new jacket on, man. He's walking differently. He's talking differently. He's got swag, man. He's, he's going down. And, and all of a sudden, he sees his brothers over there. And he says, hey, guys, guess what? Dad, I'm his favorite, by the way. But listen. That's how you need to see yourself in your relationship with God. See, Denise is God's favorite, but so am I, and so are you, every one of you. You need to see yourself that way. You need to put that jacket on, praise God, and say, you know what? It's me and Jesus. I carry the anointing of God. I'm going to do what God's called me to do, and you're going to go out there, and guess what? Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care. No, nobody's going to care. Hey, could I pray for you? Well, I don't know. I, I'd rather, you know, have Pastor uh, uh, or Elder uh, Paul pray for me. I mean, he's, he's the prayer warrior, right? What in the world? What? But I'll tell you, you'll come to the end of yourself because if you maintain the goal and it's you and Jesus towards a goal, you are unstoppable. You can be the leader. Every one of you is a leader in the kingdom of God. And you begin to lead from right where you are. You don't push it off. Well, someday when I get more education, well, someday when I, I get this or I get that, then I'll do this and then I'll do that. There is no right time to set goals. You just set them and you go for it with all your heart. There's no right time. I can remember when uh, Jennifer and I, we bought our first house. We ended up selling it and then we bought a different one. And I, we had committed to each other as a goal that we weren't going to have any kids until we owned our own home. It was just a priority that we set. We didn't know if it was going to take us, you know, six days to buy a house, six weeks, six months, six years, six decades. We had no idea. We had no money. Zero money, but we made that commitment. We set the goal. It was, it was me. It was Jennifer. It was, it was a, I mean, Jesus. It was a goal, and we just said, we're, we're going to move ahead by faith. And all I can tell you is, is all of a sudden, an opportunity came up, and we did that. Anyway, long story short, I ended up having a, a lunch with her dad. And I, and I can remember sitting down with him, and I said, you know, uh, you know, we kind of committed we wouldn't have a child until, you know, we bought a house, and I'm kind of explaining all this, and we're actually moving into the house. You know, he's helping me move. And um, he said, you know, uh, Paul, uh, 
there's no right time to have kids. And what do you think? What? Of course, there, there has to be a right time. I mean, it's sovereign. It's, it's, it's just got to happen this way. And he just looked at me. He said, no, you, you could have a kid anytime you wanted to. There's no right time. You can't get enough, is my point, to say, well, when we get to this point. Well, now maybe when we get to this point then. Well, you know. And you keep kicking these things down the road, and you never get the things that you want. Don't make conditions with God. Don't, don't use fleecing with God. Don't do that. Just kind of just say, you know what, God? I have this goal. This is where I'm going to go. It's me and Jesus, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to wait to hear the still, small voice of God. He's going to speak to me, and I'm going to hear it like it's an amplifier blowing in my ears. I'm going to be so acutely aware of, of the voice of God, I couldn't miss God if, I, if, 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 if there was a thousand elephants running through you know, uh, my immediate area. I would know the voice of God. And when you've got that, I promise you, and you, you know, I've been in times where it's been dry. I don't hear God's voice, man. It's like, God, literally, man, I'm like right here, man. <laughs> remember us and me plus you and the goal and unstoppable? You remember that? Right? And it's like, I'm not hearing nothing. But you know what? God will do a deeper work in you in those times of silence. To say, are you really in this to win it? Or are you just in it to get something? Or, you know, what is it with you? And uh, you'll come to the end of yourself. And when you do, guess what? God's going to be standing right there. In fact, you remember the, the old uh, thing where there was the footprints in the sand, you know. And God, where were you when I needed you the most? Look back. It was us walking together. And then it was just one set of tracks. Woe is me. And Jesus looked at him and said, well, it was because I was carrying you. See, God's at work even when it doesn't look like he's at work. The question is, is are you at work? Are you doing the things that you know to do? Are you willing to make the necessary changes in your life to say, yeah, I, I'm going to go and do this thing, and I'm going to make sure it happens? Because you have that kind of ability on the inside of you. Um, Luke so here's a great example of not having a title. Luke uh, chapter 1, verse 2 through 7. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son in a major because there was no lodging available for them. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He was born. He was nothing. Nobody, nobody cared. Wasn't, didn't take him to the palace, didn't take him somewhere special, just said, no, we got a barn here and we got a baby to have and we're going to do this thing right here right now. And of course, out of that, you know, his life began to develop. But at any point, Jesus could have just said, you know, it's not about the goal anymore. I believe in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was at that breaking point where he could have just said, Unless I know this is your will, God, like I'm not going back over there with those guys because I think that the guards are coming and they're going to kill me. I mean, like, I need to, I really need to hear your voice. 
So don't be afraid of what's going to try to stop you like with uh, Joseph. Don't be afraid of what's going to stop you like with Jesus. Don't be afraid of what's going to stop you like with David. You're going to experience this turmoil. That devil is not a dummy. He's been around for a long, long time. And he knows how to use things to distract us from the goal or distract us from, no, it's me and Jesus. But I don't hear his voice anymore. Where is he? I don't see the evidence of this thing. I'm further away than when I started. Don't worry about it. Don't you worry about it. Because, listen, you just stick with the role, get your soul into that thing, and you are going to achieve that goal. Anyone can lead and should lead by example from right where they stand. Think of your job, something simple, right? You got the boss and then you got all the ranks all the way through. You don't need anybody's permission to lead in your capacity on your job. If people are, I mean, slandering the boss, slandering the business, and slandering what you're doing and the bad decisions... Don't go along. Be a leader. Stand up and say, you know what? I'm not going to listen to any of that. You know what? I don't even have a place to live if these guys don't do what they're doing. You know what? Let's get out of that mindset and let's just start moving towards the goal here. Our boss has told us what the goal is. Yeah, we've made some mistakes, but praise the Lord, we're still making mistakes. They haven't put us out of business yet. We're still willing to do whatever it takes, but you're never going to get there with these people that are just going to keep, I mean, down putting everything down, and so on and so forth. So just start to lead right from where you are towards the goals that you have for your life. And don't take no for an answer. The best word you can ever put behind the word no is the word and. So you ask the question, and then they say no. And you say no and. Maybe we could try this. You see what I'm saying? Don't accept no. I do not, this guy, accept no. I may not get yes. I may not any of that. But I'm not going to accept no. Why? Because it's me, Jesus, right? My goals that I put out there. And I am unstoppable. So the answer is no. And I'm unstoppable. <laughs> that's, that's what it means. Leadership is not about the role. It's about the goal. Again, you don't need a title to lead right from where you are. Don't accept the status quo. Don't accept the way things have always been. Don't accept the, all of the stuff that's going to come against you in what you know to be right Find your time with God. Live a fasted life. I went over this with the guys on Polo this week. Live a fasted life. What's a fasted life? You could fast a meal a day. Every day of your life. You could. Live a prayer-filled life. Well, what's a prayer-filled life? Man, I'm taking time with prayer every single day in my life. It's me and Jesus. It's me and Jesus. And I'm going to put this flesh in subjection by living a fasted life. I'm going to stay in prayer because I know that's my communication with the throne of God. And you know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to go to the word of God. 
I'm going to make sure I'm building my life on the Word of God, not my ideas, not my thoughts, not my feelings, not all these other things. I'm going to find out what the promises of God are for me, and I'm going to live those things. And when I sniff things out that don't fit, I'm going to let people know. I'm going to let the circumstance know. I'm not going to give in because it's Jesus and me towards that goal. And we are not, uh, we are not stoppable in any possible way. So leader, leadership is not about the role. It is about the goal. Point number two, titles must be used effectively or not at all. D don't even use the title if you're not going to be effective at it, right? James uh, 3, 1 through 6 says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for uh, we who teach will be judged more strictly. So you got to realize that as a pastor, I'm going to be judged more strictly than, than most people are. So I've got to take what I'm doing very seriously. But here's the point. At the end of the day, if I have a title, whatever it is, I need to live that thing. I need to make sure that everybody in the world, or at least my world, knows about that and that I'm on my way there. It says, indeed, we make many mistakes. Anybody in here ever made a mistake? A mistake does not disqualify you from the promises of God. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in his mouth. Remember we open with the scripture, let all that's in me praise the Lord because what's in your heart's going to come out your mouth. And a small ritter makes up a huge ship to turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is the whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. Listen to me. Not only can your tongue set your life on fire, it can set your life on fire. Okay? So whatever's... Whatever's coming out of your mouth is what you believe in your heart. And you think, oh, no, I don't know that I believe that in my heart. I believe Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And he's going to deliver me. But I promise you what's coming out of your mouth, you've got to work that stuff out. And you've got to replace it with what the Word of God says so that when you're speaking, you're no longer speaking of mere human words or human principles or human dynamics. But now you're speaking the truth in love. And I tell you, love is the greatest success principle ever known to mankind because it never, it never fails. It never fails. Matthew 12, 33. A tree is identified by its fruit. Be a fruit grower. Be a fruit inspector. If you're not growing fruit, then go back, go back and say, wait a second here, something's not working right here. Something's, I mean, God, it's me, it's Jesus, it's the goal. My role and my soul and my goal are all moving in the, in the right direction here, but I'm not seeing fruit. But it says if a, if a tree is good, its fruit will be 
good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you're going to say. A good person produces good things from the treasury of the good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give account on judgment day for every, listen guys, every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or they will condemn you. They will acquit you in this life or condemn you in this life. They will acquit you at the life to come or they will condemn you condemn you at the life to come. Get your language right. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be the brood of vipers. Don't, don't just live a godly experience through religion and never experience the fullness of who you are in Jesus Christ. It's an incredible walk. I, I, I wish sometimes people could just like embody me and like just see what I see sometimes and what I've experienced, what my wife and I have experienced. It's so supernatural, it is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's, it, it's any other way of living from where I stand today would be a complete waste of time. Uh, just it, It's just a waste of time because I'm not living based on godly principles. I'm living on earthly principles of, you know, this buying and selling and buy for less and, you know, get more and less and all this kind of stuff. But you, you came here with nothing other than your own spirit, your own soul, and your own body. That's what God has given to you. Now, what are you going to do with that thing? How are you going to direct that thing? And how is God going to empower that thing to do what it was created to do? Well, it's all going to start with, I mean, your role, your soul, and your goal. I promise you that. Point number three, the truth is that you are negatively leading and influencing others when you're not focused on the goal. When, when you have other agendas and other things and you see the negative and everything that's going on and, and that's the way you're going to live and I'm only going to do what's required of me and nothing more, nothing less, they don't pay me enough and all that nonsense, they don't understand me, oh, they passed me over for the promotion, oh, this, oh, that, oh, the other, get out of that way of thinking. You are greater than that. You're way greater than that. It happens in churches all the time, guys. I mean, it's like Sister Susie gets a hair up her butt, and all of a sudden, you know, she's got ten families that she's commanded the attention, distracting from what? The goal. Souls, miracles, signs, wonders, baptisms in the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, moves of God. You know, uh, causing a kingdom dynamic in a city that is lost and going, I mean, nowhere. you got to keep your focus on the goal. It's not about what you're doing. It's why you're doing it. Why do I do what I do? Think about that tomorrow. When you're getting up and you're going through your day, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it serving some greater purpose or am I just going through the motions? And I promise you, the moment you can wake up to the reality that you're not here to go through the motions, you're not here to punch a clock, you're not here to just get by, you're not here to do any of that stuff, great, great greatness of God is on the inside of you and it wants to get out of you. 
And it's, 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 it's charging you with change. Change, please. Change, please. You're needlessly suffering. Just change. Everything around you is changing. Just catch up to the change. You won't have to suffer anymore. I say this a lot, and I'll say it again. The only difference between uh, 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 needless suffering and suffering for a reason is whether you have a purpose or you don't. Because if you have a purpose, whatever you're going to have to suffer to get there is all worth it. It's serving the purpose. It's not needless anymore. It's like, it's me, it's Jesus, it's the goal, and I'm on my way. So here's what happened to you-know-who, Mr. Devil, right? Revelations 12, 7 through 12. It says, and war broke out in heaven. Can you believe that? Can you believe where peace lives? War broke out in that place. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not what? They didn't prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So great was the so so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. Deceives you from what? From who you are in Jesus Christ. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength, the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Um, they did not love their lives even to death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. So what you have to realize is Christ came after that, right? So he's ended that, okay? But... You've got to realize that when all you've got is negative to spew out of your mouth, God isn't going to deal with that. He is just, he doesn't want anything to do with that. He said, I'd rather you be hot, I'd rather you be cold. Let your yes be yes or your no be no. But if you're lukewarm, I have nothing to do with you. I'll have nothing to do with you. I'll turn you back over to your own self. You'll have to figure it out on your own. But God does not want that to happen in our lives. Point number four, the role is all about the goal. John 10.10, 10, the thief's purpose, the thief's goal is to steal and kill and destroy. But my purpose, Jesus says, is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. Can you see what's going on here? It's a goal. It is a statement. This is why I'm here, and this is why I matter. The devil wants to ruin everything. Jesus wants to make a way where there seems to be no way. And they're not going to bend on their, their goals. So you, somewhere in the middle of that, have got to set your goal and know that you're on Christ's side, not the devil's side. You've got to know that you, the influence that's out there shouldn't be influencing what's in here, but you should be influencing what's out there. You're the influence of the world. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
You're the one that God wants to succeed in every part of his purpose. John 10.10 can change your life forever. I'm no longer going to be on the devil's side of purpose, of stealing, of killing, of destroying. I'm going to live a life of more abundance because of Jesus. That's my goal. Number five, when access to more than enough in Christ becomes not enough for an individual, then grace has no more effect. When you say, oh, that's it, I've reached the end, I can't do it anymore, I quit, I, nope, it's over, I'm going to just, I'm, I'm going to go back to doing whatever it was in the world that I was doing, I'm going to go backslide, I'm going to go do this, I'm going to, you know, cash it in on my marriage, I'm going to cash it in on my, my savings, I'm going to do whatever it is, oh, it's too big, I, I can't do it, I'm, it's over, I'm just letting you know the moment you do that, you're walking away from the grace of God. Galatians 5.4 says this, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you have fallen from grace. When you, it's all about the rules, when it's all about right and wrong, and I made too many mistakes, and it's gone the wrong way, and all of that kind of stuff, you're just living by the law. You're living by a very earthly way of doing things that says it's all up to me, so it's just me and the goal rather than me and Christ and the goal. You need the grace of God. Number six, don't blame others for what you refuse to accept about your own results. Matthew 7, 3 through 5 says this, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own, how can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see, the pa see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid. And so you don't have to be the hypocrite there. It just it gives you the instructions. It says, first, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. So you've got to realize is don't blame other people for, for your results. Don't do it. Just accept them. You can accept the way your life is. You can accept it. doesn't mean it's final. It just means I have to accept it. I have to accept the reality of where I'm at so I can develop the awareness of where I need to go. And I'll tell you, in that moment, it's just like, wow. You know, I just... Pulled a big log out of my eye that I couldn't even see in the first place. I thought you were only supposed to see out of one eye. So don't blame others for what you refuse to accept about your own results. Last point, number seven. Everything started from a small, almost insignificant beginning. Introduce your role to your goal and convert it, convert your small beginning into a world changing result. That's the capacity that you have 
right where you stand. Start leading from right there towards a goal. When you hit that one, praise the Lord, move on to the next one. You hit that one, and the Bible calls it, you go from glory to glory to glory to glory. And listen, those glory times are those mountaintop times. But remember, in order to get from this peak to this peak, you're going to have to go down through the valley, praise the Lord, to get to the next one. But the beautiful thing about the next one is you, is, is you have a brand new vantage point of what God has been trying to show you all along. Zechariah 4, 10 through 12, it says, Do not despise small beginnings. Start from where you are. For the Lord rejoices to see the work when? When it begins. You, Christ the goal begins right here in my little insignificant place, just like Jesus started, just like David started, just like Joseph started. The list goes on and on and on. Think of the great Apostle Paul. He was named Saul. He was, I mean, a champion. He had titles. He had everything. And he pushed it all away. And he changed his name to Paul. You know what Paul means? Small, humble, insignificant. I love this in Zechariah. I want to finish this. It says, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. And you, man, you should circle that one word, begin. To see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Now, I'm not a builder, but I do know when they're using plumb lines, that's at the very beginning. Because if you don't have a, a good foundation, I don't care how much material you got to build on, it's not going to work. And sometimes you got to dig down into that dirt. You got to have a plumb line and it's got to be straight and you got to be building things off of straight things. And you think, wow, the plumb line, that's not a real significant tool. I promise you, if you don't build a square frame for that thing and it's not straight and you, you don't have a point of reference to work from, it is never going to work. You'll never build the thing that you want to build. I think of the, the insignificance of a piece of string and a weight as compared to a palace or whatever they would have been building back in those days. And it all had to start with something insignificant. The last scripture I have tonight is this, and I hope it blesses you. Job 8, 7. And though you started with little, you will end with much. Never despise little beginnings. I'm going to share this story and I'm going to close. This week I got down on myself, you know, and I just thought, man, alive, yeah, I got all this stuff to do and whatever. And, and I just couldn't see the forest or the trees. And um, I ended up, I was on my way to work. And I, oh no, on top of that, I forgot to bring my shirt I have to speak today on camera and all this stuff so I had to drive all the way back and thank God that I did because boy did God straighten me out on the way back 
He said, Paul, do you remember the time when you remember that stupid little camera I bought and I was making these little videos and all this stuff on my own? And I mean, it was pathetic. It was horrible. I, but I just wanted to share the message of wellness with people. And I started with this little camera and God reminded me of that stupid little camera because I was on my way to work with a beautiful studio full of amazing, talented people to speak to hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And so never despise those little beginnings and know that if you'll be willing to stay the course, that you are unstoppable with Christ. Amen. All right, let's bow our heads this evening. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for every person in this room. I thank you, Father God, right now that each one of them can see the role that they play in you, Jesus. I thank that their soul, their mind, their will, and their emotions can become harnessed towards the incredible goal that you have set before them, Father God. And I thank you right now that all they need to understand is that with themselves, you, Jesus, and a well-defined goal, that they are unstoppable. Thank you for your hand in their lives to lead them and guide them in all paths of truth. We bind any force of the enemy that would want to steal or kill or destroy, and we release life and life more abundantly, Lord God, once again to every person who listens to this message. We're going to say this prayer together. And I want you to say this like you mean it tonight. This is your opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Holy Spirit, come live inside of me in Jesus' name. Amen. Keep your head bowed for just a moment. If you said that prayer tonight, you meant it with all your heart. I just want you to slip your hand up tonight. Just acknowledge that I see that hand.